What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Two Makes a Meeting. That's right, you heard that right. Two Makes a Meeting. We're doing a little bit of a name change here. Uh, I'm Chap, and I'm an alcoholic. I've got my buddy Hunter here with me today. What's happening, guys? Uh, today, we're going to talk about something that Hunter and I have both been through. Um, I've been through it a couple times. I don't know about yourself. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about relapse and relapse prevention. Um you know, so for anyone that's listening that uh, isn't familiar, relapse is when you attempt to get sober, you get a little bit of time underneath your belt, and then you slip up and you go back to, you know, the way your life used to be. You start drinking again, you start using drugs again. And uh, Hunter, why don't you tell us a little bit of your story and how relapse came into your life? Yeah, for sure, man. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, relapse is, you know, super common. Um, this is um, this is probably the biggest hurdle uh, for most people in recovery is not, you know, getting sober, but, um, you know, staying sober. Um, you know, if someone is in recovery for a while and chaps dealt with this as well, it's kind of hard to believe um, that you used to be the person that you were or you did the things that you did. Um, hopefully when you get sober and, you know, get your life back on track, um, you know, it's going to end up looking completely different than what your life was before. And that's happened to me a bunch of times and it's happened to chap as well. Um, and then again, we get back to that point where when we look about, when we look into our past, we think there's no possible way I could do that again. There's no, I'm a, I'm a different person now. Um, I've learned so much. I've gone through different life experiences. There's nothing in this world, you know, that could make me do what I used to do. You know, I'm different now. And unfortunately, um, that's a lot, you know. Um, there's, there's, um, there's a process to typically how a relapse happens, um, and uh, it's very possible, unfortunately. Um, and then, you know, like in my situation and Chaps, um, we found ourselves again in the misery, the madness, the insanity, wondering how we got there, how we returned to that. Um, yeah, it's uh, when you were speaking, it reminded me like it's so easy for me to forget yeah. how bad I was. Yeah. And I find myself now like that's a big reason like why I do this podcast is so I don't forget like yeah. the fact that, you know, we both got a little bit of time now and I think we're both like pretty involved in recovery and in the community. Definitely. But I still convince myself sometimes that I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. You know, I still convince myself that I just needed to restart a little bit mm -hmm. refocus and in reality like grow up and i can still convince myself that with just a little bit of maturity and a little bit of help that now i'm okay and yeah. now i'll be able to control my drinking and the reality is that i just can't yep and you know staying involved in stuff like this is the only reason why i'm still reminded of that 100 percent, and um yeah, that's the biggest thing is staying involved, you know, obviously keeping in touch with your sponsor, going to your meetings, you know, um, staying. But the biggest thing, all those things just keep you involved and keep you 
and truth. You know what I mean? Keep you in the reality. Um, and, you know, we saw a lot of people fall, a lot of people relapse, a lot of people die during all the COVID, um, all the COVID stuff. Um, and, you know, partly, um, well, really the reason why a lot of that happened um, is that at first, when everybody was in crisis, you know, we were forced to be isolated. I mean, liquor stores are open, but AA meetings are closed, you know. Um, work is closed, you know. Uh, they didn't want people to gather very much. And for someone, especially in early recovery, okay, like the worst possible thing you could do is isolate that person and make them sit at home, you know, isolated, alone, and in their head with nothing but their thoughts and um, take them away from all their support, you know, and, uh, you know, so now, nowadays, I'm terrified of being isolated, you know, I mean, I'm scared to go camping sometimes, because I'm like, you know what I mean, like, gosh, dang, I don't know, you know, like, what my thinking is going to be like after three days or four days of, you know, not being around, um, you know, my support group and my loved ones and people who look at, you know, that really look out for me. Um, so yeah, man, staying connected is, uh, it's where it's at. Yeah. I know, um, for me, like being alone with my thoughts is a dangerous place for me. hundred percent. It's a dangerous place for me to be. Um, I know we were in a, a meeting the other day and we were talking about like black pilling yourself and getting in that yeah. zone where you just, you start digging that hole in your brain mm-hmm. and you start convincing yourself of things. Like I can convince myself of anything Oh yeah. if I sit there oh, long yeah. enough. Um, like I could convince myself that the sky is red. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yep. Like just sitting there and um, being alone is is a scary, scary thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when, when COVID hit, and um, people who had already decided to try to get sober, um, you know, I can't imagine how hard that would have been. But at the same time, you know, people did it. Yeah. People got sober yeah. during uh, during the pandemic. People utilized those Zoom meetings. Um, I know aahomegroup.org, uh, they've got a 24-hour meeting. Yeah, that was really a, popular. Yeah, yeah, they have a room that's open all the time, and you can just pop in every hour. They come up with, like, a new topic. Um, yeah. But I know, like, I did that a little bit, like, when I first got out of Stillwaters. Yeah. Um, I was over there. But what are some things that you do for relapse prevention, and uh, what exactly do they look like? Yeah. Um, well... I do a handful of things. Um, I know that uh, something that's becoming more popular, which I used to do, is uh, I went through my entire life history, you know, with this lady named Kate, a great, great woman. And she had me um, basically draw out what my past relapses always looked like, you know, and I'm talking 20 steps ahead, you know, like things that don't typically look like you're slipping and you're slipping. And um, I used to read through those. I'd actually keep them saved on my phone and, like, just crop them out. And I had my whole relapse prevention. I would just read through it, you know, if I was in my head too long. And I would just stay reminded. Um, That's a small thing. I'd say that's probably one of the smallest things that works for me. Um, But what helps me, and, I mean, no matter what I'm going through, 
is my sponsor. I mean, my sponsor is um, – I'm really lucky because, I I mean, I really do have a sponsor that cares about being a good sponsor, you know. And I don't know why, but just calling him every day, you know, and just talking to him. I mean, he can tell in my tone, you know, and just how I am. And he can – and he's he's quick to call me out, you know. If I'm talking to him and he gets a sense that I'm not, um, if he sees me kind of slipping into like a different reality, like he sees me, my thoughts and my the way I carry myself, kind of going off track, you know, he he gets it quick, you know. And he's like, "Bro, what are you thinking? You know, like what are you what are you talking about?" You know, and then be like, remember this, remember this, remember who you are, remember what you've done in the past. Like, I'm just like, you need to be doing this, this, and this. And he has to do that often. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, that's what good sponsorship and um, being a good sponsor looks like. Uh, I used to hate that. I used to thought, I used to think that if my sponsor was always um, having to help me, that I was doing something wrong. But what I found is it's the exact opposite. Like the more I rely on my sponsor and especially people in recovery to, you know, guide my life and help me make decisions, the more, um, the more safe I am, you know? Yeah. I know like that feeling with my sponsor, I didn't like it either, but I, it's because I liked getting away with stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't like people knowing that I was bullshitting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And pretty quickly like we built this relationship where then he could tell like if i if i said that i was okay and i wasn't Mm -hmm. like he would know um and when i would call him he could tell in my tone like whether or not i was i was really in a good headspace and you know i definitely haven't been a perfect sponsee um my sponsor told me to call him every single day Mm -hmm. um i think over the last like four and a half months I've I've only missed probably like five or six days mm-hmm. but one of those was four days in a row yeah you know um you got a dog in that time too I did <laughs> I did and you know I was I wanted to get away with it because like making major life decisions mm-hmm. without running it by somebody not a good idea for me yeah used to do it all the time yeah and uh you know, I didn't want to run it by my sponsor because I looked at him like, honestly, like I look at him like his word is what what Riley says goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I yeah. do whatever that man tells me to do, I'm going to do. And I was thinking about getting a dog and I thought he might say it was a bad idea. So I did exactly what any good drug addict or alcoholic would do. And I yeah. didn't fucking call him. Yeah. And I said, I'm just going to do it. It's and easier I'll, to get forgiveness than permission. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. <laughs> and... You know, then, so I miss one day and then I miss another and then I'm like, dang, I haven't called this man in two days. He's probably not going to want to hear from me. Yeah. You know, I might as well just, just stop calling him. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I really got in my head like two days later and needed to, to call him. And I did. And, uh, he was like, dude, I haven't heard from you in four days. Like I thought you fell off. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, like that was a pretty big turning point for me in my recovery. Cause he told, you know, came back to me and said that he wasn't a perfect sponsee. 
you know, yeah. when he first got sober, he was like, yeah. dude, I'm, I miss days. Like I yeah. made mistakes and stuff like that. He was like, I just, it's just about effort and trying to keep that, yeah. keeping a good sponsor, sponsor relationship, um, has definitely helped me stay definitely. sober for, uh, for right now. Like that's probably of the tools that are like recommended strongly. Definitely. I would say that one right there is the one that I utilize most and that mm -hmm. I, uh, I hold like closest to my heart because I look at that as like pretty much a accurate representation of like how seriously I want to take my recovery mm -hmm. is like, if I'm not willing to keep a relationship with one person, yeah. <laughs> am I really willing to yeah. dedicate my life to doing the next right thing? Probably not. You know? Exactly. Exactly. That's well put. I think that, I think that also it's really important that you guys are, you know, actively working through the steps. And I also used to be like a big critic of that. And I was like, what? Um, I used to just didn't, I used to not think that it held um, as much weight as it actually does uh, to actively work through the steps on a daily basis. And, and really the, what I've come to believe is that just working toward a common goal with another person who has your best interest in mind, it gives you momentum. You know, it gives you guys like the sense that you're going somewhere greater, which you are, you know, but just knowing um, that you are on a pathway to better yourself and you're actively putting effort into that, um, it just helps you stay on the wagon, you know, it helps you stay on the boat, you know, and I don't know if you've ever had, um, you know, a sponsor uh, fall off the wagon relapse or um, or let's say you just stop talking to your sponsor. I'm talking like within a few days or even a week, I'm already um, completely changed, you know. As soon as I stop keeping my eye on the prize and as soon as I stop, um, you know, working towards a spiritual awakening or uh, through the steps, uh, immediately all of a sudden have to find um, something else to chase, you know. And typically, you know, we chase the wrong things, yeah, you know. Very true. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a very goal-oriented person. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately for me also, like, I would love to say that my whole life I've had this great work ethic and that I'm super dedicated to like doing all this amazing stuff, but yeah. that's just not true. Yeah. You know, like I'm goal oriented, but when I want something and it doesn't happen for me, like I have a tendency to give up, yeah. you know, give up pretty quick if things don't happen quickly and work in the steps um, is something that, you know, that is goal oriented. You know, you mm -hmm. look at it, there's 12 of them. They take time yeah. to get through them all. Um, there is no set time that you're going to, you know, mm -hmm. have this spiritual awakening and be ready to go, uh, you know, pick up sponsees or anything mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, it is something that I look forward to doing and to getting further along in my recovery and helping myself more. Um, so, yeah, definitely working through the steps and a sense of like consistency yeah as well like when you're doing it um something that 
I don't, I mean, we'll do this sometime soon. Um, again, cause of COVID, um, this was nearly impossible to do, but taking meetings to detoxes, mm-hmm. you know, that is, I, that's the one thing that like completely humbles me, dude. I mean, like when you go into a relapse, I mean, go into a detox where someone has just relapsed and they're still just hollow inside it. It's, it hits deep. It yeah. hits real deep. It shows you, you have something to give as well, you know? Um, so yeah, we'll try to, we'll try to get after that. Also visiting who, wherever treatment center you went to before, you know, like I'd love to get out to Stillwaters. My sponsor's going out there today. Um, but he was telling, I was trying to go with him and he said, you know, still cause of COVID they're only letting, you know, one person out at a time. But for anyone, uh, who thinks that, um, they've kind of lost touch with how bad things used to be. Go to a detox. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, cause even when, when I was in treatment, like when new guys would come in mm-hmm. and I mean, cause I would, I don't know what the average is for like a stay in treatment. I think it's like 30 days. Yeah. Is, 28. Yeah. 28 to 30 days is kind of like the standard, um, amount of time that you're there and we were both you were what three months i was three two. months yeah yeah i did two months um after i'd been there for a little bit like seeing guys come in that were right where i was you know just weeks before mm-hmm. it's even then like you can see the difference yeah in somebody right when uh right when they show up and right when they start you know trying to get right um you know and it's weird to uh to think about but you know the other day or i mean it was yesterday um my girlfriend and i were going to walmart and we're making easter baskets Mm -hmm. and all stuff we pull up to walmart and there's like a whole bunch of homeless people Mm -hmm. uh in that kind of like down in a, a bank by that by that walmart and um you know it just got me thinking about uh how quickly that could have could have been me Mm -hmm. and going through this process i think it's humbled and humanized myself and the way that i look at others so much Mm -hmm. where um you know i think i'm definitely still an arrogant little prick sometimes um but being able to look at people who are really going through it um, it does remind me where I was and uh, where I was headed. So I don't know what that story means, but I was just thinking about those people outside that Walmart for. No, and no, it gives you perspective and like whatever you can do, you know, to, you know, get that perspective or remind yourself of, you know, how low it can get and how good it can get. Also, uh, yeah, you, you, you kind of have to go to links like we just mentioned. Um, and really quite honestly, it's a gift to be able to do that, man. I have to remind myself that as well all the time. Like if I'm sitting at home and let's say I don't have anything crazy important to do. Okay. And someone's like, Hey, let's go to, um, a rehab and like, see how the guys are doing and see what we can help. Like, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of times where I'm like, Ugh, that sounds exhausting, you know? But then every time I do it, it's, I'm so happy I did. And, um, and this, and I have to remind myself when I get that way, like I don't feel like giving back. 
is that, dude, you would have killed, like months ago, you would have killed to be where you're at right now, okay? And you have something to give now. Like, it's such a gift to be able to, like, give people hope or just show people, like, hey, dude, like, your life's not over, you know? If you just, you know, get on the boat, you know, you can have this, 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 this. You'll have a new, you know, you'll be happy. You'll actually be happy, you know? So, like I said, we got to remind ourselves it's a gift what we got, man. Yeah, and all those, all those things um, are related exactly towards relapse prevention. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Seeing those, seeing those reminders, giving back, because you know when you're doing acts of service, um, as much as I would love to be like, yeah, I just do it and I don't feel anything <laughs> from it, and it's just for just for helping out other people. It's a how. you know. It yes. is. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. is. It, I, I love being able to, a big reason why uh, I worked in hospitality for a long time was mm-hmm. because I loved being the person that could do something for somebody else and, you know, make them smile. Definitely. Um, that was probably my favorite part of the job. And now doing it through service, um, it is like making the difference in somebody's day Uh it makes them feel better, and I'd be lying if I said it didn't do something to me too. You know what I mean? 100%. It bring it brings back that hope and that excitement of yeah. recovery. And um, you know, when we talk about things like working a program or calling a sponsor, all those things are really just like that's my everyday relapse prevention. Definitely is continuing to work the steps, continuing to talk to my sponsor and staying connected with my higher power is like it's so important to me mm-hmm. and when I was thinking about like what my re- last relapse looked like mm-hmm. and I would say like if I could sum it up into like a sentence it would be I'd do it tomorrow <laughs> you know what I mean like I, I'd be like yeah I should, I should probably go to a, I should probably go to a meeting but I'll do it tomorrow yeah you know, oh, I, sh- yeah. I need to call my sponsor. Oh, it's late. I'll do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, I'm fucked up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, recovery isn't... I don't want to make it sound like it's this super uh, time-consuming, dedicate your entire yeah. life to it, but it's also not something you can half-ass. Yeah. You know? Um, it's not, it doesn't take up every single moment of my day. Um, there are days when I choose that it does, Mm -hmm. you know, because I need it. And because at the end of the day, like, I'm still super grateful for the fact that I get to do it. And it's like, it makes me happy to talk about it. It makes me happy to share. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, yeah, it's not something that you can put off until tomorrow because, you know, tomorrow is not given. Yeah, at all. It takes seconds for me to slip right back to I can I got this. I can do it by myself. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, you got to I got to get myself to snap out of that sometimes. Definitely. Definitely. Same here, man. Same here. Um, I think something kind of important to mention as well is that it's really important for me to have fun. You know, it's um it's what it, it just 
if we do all the things that we just mentioned, like talk to a sponsor, you know, do the, you know, help people out, you know, actively work through the steps. I do all that stuff so that I can be, it can allow me to do other things. For example, um, like, I don't know, um, you know, go to the park, exercise, you know, like, like the only reason all the fun things that I do are possible is because I do those other things. And unfortunately, I feel like a lot of people when they get sober, um, they feel like it's supposed to be miserable. You know, like that's just like that's just how it is. You know, like I traded, um, you know, my old life so that I get to this and that and I cannot disagree with that more. Like I did not get sober to be, you know, a lame, uh, you know, miserable person. I did it so that I could be happier than I've ever been in my entire life. Right. You know? So. Yeah, I remember um, I was in a meeting and I had a little bit of like an emergency pop up mm-hmm. and I was texting my sponsor and I was like, bro, I don't know what to do. Like, can I leave this meeting? And he was like, man, you got sober so you can have a life. Yeah. He was like, you got sober so you can be there for those moments yeah. when like people need you. Definitely. And, you know, going back to having fun and stuff like that, like, you know, um, yesterday, Easter, mm-hmm. we went over to our friend's house. Um, there were what, maybe like 20 of us there, mm-hmm. backyard, dogs running around. Mm-hmm. Um, Easter egg hunts. Easter, yeah, adult Easter egg hunt. You know, <laughs> I, I love how, like, I say adult Easter egg hunt and it makes it sound like there was liquor in the eggs or something like that. No, there was, it was still candy and we were just, yeah. you know, a bunch of people in their 20s running around chasing Easter eggs. Yeah. Um, throwing football. Throwing the football. You know, that's what life looks like for me now and I fucking love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I remember I left there and I was so happy with like the way that that all went. And I was like, you know, if my life could just look like this all the time, Mm -hmm. I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty happy with that. You know, I talked about it in the last episode and I mentioned it a bunch of times, you know, all I want in my life now is a white picket fence and a good dog, (laughs) you know, that's it. That's all I, that's all I need. And, uh, you know, yesterday we were able to, to have that with uh with all of our friends and that was that was really special and it was i'm glad that i'm able to remember it mm-hmm. um i'm glad that i don't have to worry about how i embarrassed myself um i know exactly how i did it um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh but you know things things like that i get to do now that i would have been sleeping through i would have been blacked mm-hmm. out for i would have not been invited to mm-hmm. um you know, I didn't get sober to sit in my room and stay alive. You know, I got sober mm-hmm. to start living. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you make a good point, though, man. Like, fun doesn't necessarily look the same as it used to, mm-hmm. you know. Like, what fun looks like to me today is definitely connecting with people, like you mentioned, at Easter and whatnot. But typically being outside being outside, um, like I said, doing something active, you know, whether it's um, like we did yesterday, throwing football or working out in the gym or, um, you know, going to see music, like whatever. Like it's so it's so much better, you know, because like all these things that we do now for fun are typically like pretty um, positive, you know, um, things that are good for us anyway. Yeah, it's like know? 
I remember when when I was drinking and stuff like that, people would do these things, like go out and throw the <laughs> yeah. football or they do yeah. And I look and like I'd make a joke and be like, Oh my god, that's so wholesome, that's so cute. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like and like and on the occasion like I would do anything like that, like it would be so I could post it on Instagram or whatever and uh-huh. be like, Oh look, like I'm doing all this stuff but you know now it's like actually my life and it's so like so different and yeah i mean fun fun doesn't look like anything like what it looked like before Mm -hmm. and it's so much better yeah so much better you know as much as like i would be lying if i said i never had any fun staying out at the bar until three o'clock in the morning you know um, but I'd also be lying if I said that I missed it. Yeah. You know? Like <laughs> yeah. there's, there's nothing that pulls me back towards that. Mm-hmm. I don't, um, I don't have that like fear of missing out mm-hmm. anymore. Like when I'm, you know, talking about relapse, relapse prevention, you know, I was definitely have not worked a, a perfect program or taken every suggestion that was given to me. Um, and no one does. We should. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was very quick to be like, you know, I'm just going to go out. I'm going to keep living my life. I'm going to hang out with my friends on stuff. And, you know, I would still, I was like at bars and stuff like that. And there were times when, you know, I would feel myself missing it. Um, mm-hmm. Or just, I think it, it wasn't necessarily that I missed it. It was just that it just wasn't fucking fun for me yeah. you know so yeah. i wanted to make it fun and yeah. the only way that i knew exactly. how to make it fun was to drink yeah chemical um, solution so and i mean yeah that was weird i was on the phone with my sponsor we were talking about like going out downtown and stuff like that and i was like yeah man like it's just kind of fucking miserable and, <laughs> and he was like he was like yeah well it's miserable because you're not getting you like you're not getting fucked up Mm-hmm. And he was like, if any of your friends ever tell you like, oh, dude, come on, like, it'll still be fun. He was like, tell them to come out with you and don't drink and see how fun it is. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't realize how. You have a good sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> dude, my sponsor's the shit. My sponsor's the stuff. shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, I didn't realize how, how much, uh, like, the drinking really did play an effect as to how fun things are. Yeah, it was everything for us. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was, um, like, I don't know if anyone, if anyone's listening that has never gone to a bar um, and not drank, try it, and then try to tell yourself that it's still fun when you go, because uh, it's fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, if you're with good people, it certainly helps. Uh, like, if you actually you know, have people you don't mind like hanging out with and talking with. But I still like the other night when we were at Tin Roof, you know, and I was up there like going up to the bar to order. I was like standing there like, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, I, I felt, I felt literally like I was in like the middle of the ocean. Like just say like, why, why am I in the middle of the ocean right now? Like I have no reason to be here right now. And I was like, and it's just, it's also partly because we're always used to, to uh you know having a drink in our hand one when we're in those places yeah you know it's like uh we we fulfilled a role for so long and we eventually identified with that role and now that we're completely in a different role now we feel out of place you know on the same stage 
you know, yeah. which is the bar and things like that. I was like, cause I was sitting up there and I was like, I don't even like know how to behave at a bar when I'm not drinking. No, you know? it's <laughs> weird too. Like, you know that, uh, I think it's Talladega nights when Ricky Bobby's like, I don't know what to do with my hands and his hands just like keep like going around. It's like, that's yeah. how I feel when I'm there is yeah. I'm like, it's I don't like, have anything in my hand. Yeah. Everybody's yelling at me. I can't hear anything. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. What am I doing here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a familiar feeling. Um, and staying on that topic of like going out, um, you know, it, it happened to me once um, when I had to go to the playbook. Um, and I remember I called you. Mm. Um, I went out to a bar and I was saying, you know, I'm, I try to always go like with purpose though. Sure. You know, so I was like, I'm going to a bar, but I'm going to watch this guy play because my friend's been asking me to go with him. I'm with, um, I was with two of my really good friends that, you know, are super supportive of me and my recovery. I was with my girlfriend. I felt like, you know, I'm going to be in a comfortable environment and it'll be fine. I'm just going to go watch some live music. Um, I wasn't fine. You know, I quickly, came into this feeling of like I felt like I couldn't breathe Mm. like I was having like a mini panic attack I don't know why I don't know what it was about this one place that just sent me over the edge and had me like freaking the fuck out Mm. but I looked at pretty much all my friends over there and I was like hey like I'm sorry guys but I gotta go and I gotta go right now and you know when I do pretty much when I go do anything like I know how fragile I am right now that I don't go anywhere without my own car Mm. Yeah. And with my phone charged, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, yeah. cause when things went South for me, like I pretty much ran out of that place, got in my car, um, called you and called my sponsor. Yeah. And that was like, that was the first time that I've like, I call it the playbook. Cause it's kind of like everything that I've ever been told about being in a situation like that is like, mm-hmm. yeah, when you feel uncomfortable, you fucking run for the Hills and you mm-hmm. call somebody. Yeah. And you get out of your own head. Um, and yeah, just the importance of that. Like that was probably another like big turning point for me Definitely. in my recovery being like, you know, I was scared in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I was definitely really scared that uh, of something bad happening, but I got through it. Mm-hmm. I was able to talk to um, to some other addicts and alcoholics and get yeah. me through it. Um, you did the right thing when you asked for help. Yeah. And that's like, I've said it so many times, like asking for help hardest, one of the hardest things for me to do is to be able to be like, dude, I don't got this. Yeah. And, uh, and that day I definitely realized again that yeah, I don't got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Sometimes when you're in that moment, you're like, you, uh, it's not always that very comfortable, you know, asking for help, especially when you, you know, feel like you should have your life together by now, but the most successful people who stay sober and don't relapse do what you just said regularly with a year's sobriety. If they get to feel them that way, they call their sponsor out for help and, uh, and get through it. You know, that's honestly asking for help is the biggest thing. If you want to stay on the boat. Yeah. I was going to say what, uh, I don't think we have too much time left. What would be like your biggest, piece of advice or what do you practice most 
for your relapse prevention and uh, how do you see that like playing out for, or not how do you see it playing out, but like what does that look like in your life right now? Yeah. Um, it's hard to say which is the most important, uh, but um, the biggest thing today is, is me staying open to the possibility that I don't know what's best for me. And what that does for me, it makes me okay with asking for help like at a very, in a very consistent basis. Um, what it looks like for me relying on a higher power in recovery is relying upon my sponsor, my support group, people who love me. And, um, and again, like as men and really anyone, you do not like the thought of having to rely on someone, you know? Um, but, um, me, like I said, staying open-minded to the fact that you know, their advice may be better than my own thinking, you know, keeps me in a state of mind where I accept their help. Cause I don't know about you, but there had been many, many instances where there was a hand there to help me and I slapped it away. Yeah. You know, and now, um, if I actually accept people's help, then, um, I stay on the boat. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I really, yeah hate you for saying that uh, <laughs> you know um there has i mean not a day goes by like i don't hear something that i need to hear um and that was it today um so fuck you and thank you yeah. <laughs> um yeah accepting the fact that that i don't know what's best for me sucks mm -hmm. but it's the reality of the situation it's the reality of my life it's the reality of like who i am yeah um yeah, damn. It's up to God, bro. Damn. Yeah. You just doctor filled my ass right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say definitely, like, accepting the fact that other people know better than I do, realizing that, you know, I am insane. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I love that word because it, it's, like, out, out of, uh, like, the context of which we use it, like, in our life, it means like something entirely different to everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm insane. Um, and other people will be able to provide better guidance for me than I can. So yeah, call my sponsor and you know, simple program, simple program, complicated people, complicated people, man. Don't drink, go to meetings, call my sponsor. There you go. Boom. That's just that's that. free advice right there, people. <laughs> Don't drink. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's all we got time for today. Hunter, man, I appreciate Amen. you coming in and talking about this. Um, you know, Hunter and I have got some things cooking outside of the podcast in life. Hunter and I are going to be moving in together, getting a, getting a crib. So hopefully we'll be hearing from Hunter a lot more here in the future. Definitely. That being said, we appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. Share with somebody. Uh, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and we will catch you guys later. Peace.